0: It's the Video Entrepreneurs Podcast, the official podcast for UStream, the number one video platform for video monetization.
1: Hello, everybody. PJ here. I'm happy to be on the show with our guest, Nick Nimmin. Nick Nimmin, welcome.
0: Thank you, PJ. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm excited that you are starting a podcast, getting more solid information out there for content creators, people that are trying to do this stuff full time because it's difficult. So it's awesome to see you guys, you know, going that extra effort to try to help content creators. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. And we really look up to you. You've been actually amazing at helping us with our YouTube channel. I'm sure everybody's seen Nimin on our channel and um, you've always offered a lot of good advice and you share a lot of information. So it's super awesome to actually uh, have you share this directly with our audience and our listeners. And yeah, this is my first podcast. So I'm really excited about it. A lot of good interviews to come and a lot of good information to share uh, with the world. So Uh, Nick me and you met probably about three years ago actually and I remember then you had about 40,000 followers on YouTube all right I don't remember how we met but we met somehow online and now looking at your YouTube it's almost a half a million subscribers about 475 480,000 subscribers and you're a well-known influencer very respected you present extremely well um, on camera, you share such good information. You're a thought leader. Did did that naturally like happen? How did that come up? Where you're like, okay, I want to share all this knowledge with the world. How did you come upon like actually becoming uh, a big thought leader and influencer in this field? Um, in full
0: transparency, it wasn't planned. The road just kind of led me this way. So basically, here's how it happened. So I started my YouTube channel, and when I started my YouTube channel, I was making general information videos like um, my very very first video was how to overcome camera shyness because that was something I was dealing with at the time and something that I had to overcome myself in order to start making videos for YouTube Um, and then I was also making content like how to stay focused when you're working at a coffee shop because that's something that I was doing at the time right like how to stay focused when you're at a coffee shop and you have other people that are working at a coffee shop and they keep coming over and trying to talk to you while you're sitting there on your laptop trying to get work done (laughs) so I was making videos about things like that Um, I was also making videos about uh, just like video ideas and channel ideas and that sort of thing But I wasn't really necessarily trying to position myself at that time as like a YouTube person, right? I was just sharing information on, um, you know, just things that I was being affected by in the particular line of work that I was doing at the time, um, which was graphic design and just general freelance stuff. And basically, um, after that, I had the opportunity of somebody reaching out to me, wanting to work with me on another channel after they saw my content on that channel. I did that for nine months, came back to my current channel, and the channel that I was working on before. Um, unfortunately, like that channel started doing really well, everything was going great, but I couldn't handle the workload of my design business and also uploading three videos a week to YouTube. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can, can relate to that. Basically, I would wake up every day and my entire day would be, you know, part of the day doing uh, my graphic design stuff, the other part of the day doing YouTube stuff. And I just, I, I couldn't keep it going. It just wasn't sustainable. And, um, that experience over that nine months really kind of lit my fire for YouTube. It it got me excited about the whole community aspect of YouTube and just the creative outlet of just making videos and being able to, you know, make videos from my home and reach people all over the planet. I just thought that was incredible. And what happened is since my fire was lit there, when I came back to my current channel, I said, okay, well, if I'm going to continue to do YouTube, which this is something that I'm going to commit to, I want to turn it into a full-time thing. The first thing that I need to do is I need to think of how to monetize so that instead of spending my entire day doing two different jobs, so that I can go all in on this. So what I did when I came back is uh, before I uploaded one more video to my current channel, I said I'm gonna build a website that is targeted towards video content creators. I'm going to make that a graphic asset store. I'm going to offer services directly off of that. And at the time I was offering like channel art templates, um, to where if somebody would come to me through my website, um, I had a page to where they could order like a full branding package. It was like channel art, um, in screen, lower thirds, you know, all the, all the stuff that you need for that, you know, professional presentation on YouTube and, uh, through that service and through the front-end store that I had, um, I was able to go full-time on YouTube in just a few months, which was fantastic. And that gave me the ability to really start digging in. And the funny thing is, again, I had no intention of things ending up the way that they are in terms of the way that people perceive me. Um, my approach was I just need to make content, whatever it is, that is going to target people that make videos so that I can drive them to my website, right? And when, uh, when I was going through that process, I just kept sharing things that I was learning along the way because there were just a few people that were sharing the same type of information at the time in terms of how to do all of these different things um, around YouTube and one video that I made was about how to rank your videos in search and even though that particular video didn't get a ton of views, I got a lot of really good feedback on that video in terms of people saying, wow, this is really good. You know, this is, I I really could use this information. Thank you so much. Could you please make another video like this? And I'm like, okay, well, what else do I know about YouTube? And then I made another SEO video and then I made a video about writing titles and then another one about how to make thumbnails and people just kept asking for more and more and more. And then next thing you know, I'm like, okay, well, how can I frame this whole thing? Let's, let's think of this with a new hat because I'm all in on this thing now. So let's think of this from a new point of view. And Instead of just saying, okay, I'm gonna make these videos for video creators so that I can drive them to my website, let's just target YouTubers specifically and basically share with them the tools and resources and information that they need in order to basically come up on on YouTube based on the things that I've learned at that point in time. And I just started sharing that information. Um, As I went along, I went through the process of getting YouTube certified to make sure that the information that I was sharing was valid and all of that. Um, I started offering free or very cheap um, channel reviews So that I could get access to (laughs) data, because I started thinking to myself, all these people are asking me for this YouTube information. So if I'm going to be giving information, I need to figure out, like, is the stuff that I'm learning just working for my two channels or is it stuff that will work all the way across the board for a bunch of different genres? And I started getting access to tons of channels through those services. And then I started doing like one on one consulting and I started noticing. And, and you'll find this and you'll, and like, I can watch the videos of these people and I can hear um, when they only are basing the information that they share on their channel. Um, because what happens is once you start noticing, Hey, what, what works for this particular channel doesn't necessarily work for this channel and what works for this channel doesn't necessarily work for this channel, but there are some things that work for all three of these channels, right? So you start noticing all of those, all of those nuances of how YouTube treats each channel individually and in terms of how different audiences respond to um, to different types of content and different creators and things like that, which is really interesting. But basically, that that's, that's kind of what moved me into this position because as I kept learning more and more and educating myself more and more, um, it basically just kind of snowballed into right. uh, what it is today, having the opportunity to work with, you know, a lot of really cool people on their channels, um, being able to, you know, make content for you guys. I don't do consulting for you guys, but you know, I do, you know, make content for your channel. Um, and, and it's awesome cause, uh, you know, it's an awesome opportunity and I do appreciate that. So thank you, PJ.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, honestly, thank you. You've been a big help for us getting our YouTube off the ground because I'm camera shy, but I've gotten a lot better at it. Right. So, um, for, by the time I get on video and do a lot of the stuff that I want to do, you've definitely helped us jumpstart that significantly a lot more than we expected. So we're absolutely very thankful of that. So you've done awesome, really kind of, Snowballing and and taking advantage of all the trends and different feedback that you got. Obviously, you were all ears and what everybody wants, and you followed through. That's awesome. Um, What do you think was your number one challenge to overcome uh, to get your channel to where it is now, which is huge? And you're a major influencer. So, what was the main challenge that you had to overcome to get to where you are now?
0: Um, For me, it was more about committing to making sure that I'm focused on more of providing what is valuable to the people that are watching my content instead of content that I just want to put out there for the sake of putting it out there, right? Like, just like every other content creator, like, Hey, I would love to run around with the camera and just make blogs of my daily life. That would be fun when I do certain things, but it's just not appropriate for my channels, not what the people come to me for. Um, so for me, it was just committing to, you know what, every single video that goes up here, it's going to be for the viewer. They're coming to my channel. They're making all this stuff possible. They're the ones asking me for information. They're the one buying the things that I promote, right? So because of that, I need to make sure that, they, um, that they're taken care of. So the biggest challenge for me was, was taking that step in terms of saying, okay, I going to make sure that I'm focusing really hard on adding tons of value to the people that are watching my content instead of just putting up content because I think that I should make that particular video. Now, don't get me wrong. From time to time, I'll still do a rant video, or from time to time, I'll do a video that is um, something that I put out there to test because you know somebody hasn't made that video before. So I'm like, okay, well, nobody's taken this angle. Let me give you know, let me give that a shot just to see how people uh, just to see how people like it. But um, at scale, all of the content that I make is focused on basically ushering people into YouTube. And taking care of them until they get an, a, a deeper understanding of how all this stuff works, because you know, as you know, PJ, because you go to Vid Summit, right? You yep. guys have your YouTube channel, you know, like you're behind the scenes with a lot of other uh, channels as well. You get to see, you know, what all these creators are doing, you know, for all your customers, and you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts to all this stuff, and there's a lot of nuances to it. So, uh, so for me, um, you know, just focusing on bringing people in and exposing them to all of that information is, uh, is something that, that I had to commit to, even right. if it was something to where sometimes I'm thinking to myself, how many more videos can I make on how to generate more subscribers on your YouTube channel, <laughs> right? But those are the videos that, that, that bring in new people, that expose new people to my channel and actually bring them in. So it's one of those, those videos that I have to make over and over and over again, um, because it's effective, even though, I would prefer not to make another how to get subscribers on your YouTube channel video.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. There's, a, You've done a good amount of that and offered a lot yeah. of value. That makes sense. Yeah. There's been some recent changes with YouTube as well, like Copa and FTC. Um, and YouTube's changed in the last few years. A lot of people are actually a little bit more fearful of of some of the changes. Um What do you think that will do to the YouTube um, universe itself? How will it affect everybody using YouTube moving forward? So
0: I think that um, this is another one of those changes that um, that just kind of happen along the way because the way that I look at with the way that I look at COPPA and how they you know change their monetization requirements and things like that is this technology that we're dealing with right now it's it's all I mean it's not new because it's been around for a while but the problems that we're having is stuff that we haven't had to, had to deal with before right so because of that there's going to be regulations that come into place. There's going to be companies that make mistakes. There's going to be CEOs that make mistakes. There's going to be people that are behind the scenes that make mistakes. There's going to be, you know, all kinds of blurry lines all over the place in terms of what's right, what's wrong, what's acceptable, what's not. Um, And because of that, I'm just embracing this as another one of those changes that we are going through. Like, you know um, I, I had my channel when they changed the monetization requirements. And at that point in time, people are like, Oh, well, YouTube is over. And I remember before I was even on YouTube watching other content creators on YouTube because I watched YouTube and watching other content creators on YouTube before I even had it had an interest of being on it. And they were even making videos about problems they were having back then when things would change, mm-hmm. you know, but you know, as you, you know, as everybody knows, you know, the only constant in life is change. So yeah. when this stuff happens, instead of freaking out about it, I'm like, okay, well, this is a, a, a part of the evolution, but, um, unfortunately, depending on the type of content you make, there's gonna be a lot of damage done to a lot of YouTube channels in terms of their ad revenue and things like that. Um, as long as everything goes through like it's um, like it was intended to go through, um, then yeah, it's, it's gonna be really unfortunate for a lot of content creators that make uh, content for kids and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, for the other channels, some of them are going to have issues. As a matter of fact, I had a client today where we just found a, one of their videos was marked for kids mm-hmm. and they do not have a kid's channel. It's just a normal vlog, but they have kids in their videos. The title oh. was a little bit on that blurry line that I was talking about the where um, the, where I can see where that might have been looked at um, by the AI in terms of, you know, this might be something, you know, for kids. So, you know, I understand it, but um, it's just one of those things that we're just going to have to deal with uh, right now. Hopefully, because, you know, I made videos about it. Everybody else that makes content like me, we made videos about it. Tons of content creators made videos trying to encourage people to uh, send a comment to the FTC to sign a petition, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, today, actually, is the day that they actually cut all of that off. So as of tomorrow, um, you're not going to be able to make those submissions anymore. But hopefully, um, all of those submissions don't fall on deaf ears. And hopefully, um, there are some modifications made that um that that make it to where even the people that make uh, kids content or, or child directed content, um, hopefully that they can even weather this particular storm. Fingers crossed.
1: Okay, fingers crossed. Yeah, hopefully so. You've been a big part of that as well, so that's good. Um, now, look, Nick, YouTube's been a great place to create, a, you know, an engaging audience, right, and a following. What do you think the biggest benefit is for the average YouTuber?
0: The biggest benefit for the average YouTuber is um, just having that community of people that watch your stuff. Like, like right now we'll, we'll, back up to that FTC thing, right? So there's a law that passed and as a content creator, all these content creators leveraged that audience to get people to take action, to submit to a petition, to send the FTC information, letting them know how they feel about this, how they're going to be impacted by it and all of that. So just that particular movement by itself shows how much power um, that content creators have when you have that audience to where a law is in progress, <laughs> you know the change of a law is in progress, and you have like right. an army of content creators that are out there, um, and they're able to you know get their audiences to help them make change. You look at what Mr. Beast is doing with uh, Team Trees, same exact thing to where you know he's a content creator, um, he you know he, if you if you're not familiar with him, he has a humongous YouTube channel, um, but humongous audience as well. But with him, you know he's planting trees, um, you know like all over with this team trees thing, which is pretty cool too. It's a huge movement. So as a content creator, even if you have a small channel, just having that tight knit community of people that consume your stuff, that, that relate to you in some way, it gives you like a, it gives you a sense of belonging. Um, depending on the type of content that you make, it might give you a sense of purpose. Um, of course, depending on what type of content you make, um, It can, you know, add to your income um, or it can be all it is that you do, depending on the type of content that you make or the specific success that you have. Um, But yeah, I mean, in terms of the ad, the advantage of YouTube, it's insane. So um, I have a friend of mine that he has less than 50,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel and he's got a uh, six figure sponsorship. Um, And he has less than 50,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel, right? And that's because he used his YouTube channel to position himself in a certain way in that industry. Um, I know a person that makes like $10,000 a month on their YouTube channel, and they've got 6,000 subscribers. Um, I know a lot of content creators that have had insane opportunities that come from their YouTube channels, just because they are putting content out there onto YouTube. So, you know, there's so much opportunity. And as a content creator, you know, you don't know. Who it is that's watching your content, and you don't know who it is that's going to reach out to you and say, "Hey, I was watching your content, and I think that you would be a perfect fit for this, you know, particular project, or we want to work with you in some way on, you know, some type of project." I mean, Justin Bieber was found on YouTube, right? And look at him now. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. so you know, in terms of like the opportunity and and all of the stuff that can come from YouTube and the impact that you can also have, you know, on on the outward side is is just massive. You have the opportunity every single video to where you can just turn on your camera, you can deliver whatever value it is that you want, but you can also have that opportunity to say, hey, you know, if you're watching this video right now, if you're having uh, just a horrible day, I want to let you know that it's going to get better. Um, hey, if you're watching this video right now, um, and, and and you know, and things are, Christmas is coming up and you think things are going to be difficult, you know, I just want to let you know to hang in there. You know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a holiday. It's going to be tough for you, but, you know, you'll get past it. You know, you have these opportunities to 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 put good, so to speak, out there into the world or, or possibly change the day um, or even the course of somebody's life, depending on the content that you make, um, through the, the message that you're putting out on your YouTube channel. It's just, it's incredible.
1: It's incredible. That's exactly right. It's ultimately content is king, right? And it's content creation. It's another way of distributing content. And YouTube is a massive search engine. So you can yes. leverage that for everybody searching and finding your content. And ultimately, you're putting yourself out there and the content to share. And, you know, someone once told me, you, you got to be willing to share, which is I think is important. Um, it really for, is. And on the side of it,
0: on the side of it being a, um, a search engine too, like a lot of people look at YouTube that it's a search engine in terms of yeah, people go there and they look for things, and then your videos can surface. So there's that side of search, but then there's also the other side to where YouTube is trying to figure out what content that you're most likely to watch at whatever point in time. To where it's like a reverse search engine. <laughs> to where you know you're making good content, people are responding to it, they're clicking on your thumbnails at a higher rate, they're watching your videos for an extended period of time, they're engaging in some way and YouTube identifies, Hey, this is a good piece of content. When this particular type of viewer sees this piece of content, they typically watch it for an extended period. They typically click it, watch it for an extended period of time and engage with it in some way. So we're going to go and start trying to show it to other people that match this particular profile of the type of content that this particular person, uh, or this particular group of people, um, have when it comes to watching videos on YouTube. So you have decided whether, they're actively searching for stuff. And then you have the side where YouTube is just showing you all over the platform. Um, and really at the end of the day, that's where all the like
1: real serious traffic is. Well, you mean like related videos?
0: Related videos and homepages,
1: yeah. And homepages. Yeah, so, so
0: basically like the, the, the money spots are homepages and related. So the, the suggested column over in the right-hand yeah. side or underneath the videos, if you're, if you're watching on a phone, that and that home feed is, I mean, that, that's just, those are money spots.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point on that. Um, so like something interesting, Nick, we looked at a lot of our customers. So th- a lot of them do extremely well um, on you screen, And then we looked at their YouTube and we found that uh, about roughly 50% have YouTube. YouTube channel in some form, okay, that they're linked to their business about and but the numbers be after that were not as high as we thought, for example, around 10% have over 10,000 subscribers, less than 5% have over 500,000 subscribers, right? So in this case, when I speak to a lot of YouTubers, they say YouTube is now making more followers and you know million followers and 100,000 followers than ever before. So can you share some of that data with us? Is it harder now to make it on YouTube and what do you need to do to be able to actually make it on YouTube and gain a following?
0: Yeah, without question. So without question um, There are more channels um, that are getting a million subscribers more channels that are getting a hundred thousand subscribers more channels that are getting ten thousand subscribers like it's all scaling Um, and In terms of like if you're coming onto the platform and you're thinking, okay, well, how can I get a piece of this? The thing that you have to make sure that you keep in mind is that gone are the days of being able to just upload a video and walk away. And then that video all of a sudden gets a bunch of views. That video has to be packaged in a way that it gets people to want to click on it right? If they don't click on it, the video is going to die. So what I mean by that is your title and your thumbnail are mission critical when it comes to getting any type of success on YouTube. So if you have the time, um, even if you don't have the time, if you really want to get the ball rolling seriously on your YouTube channel, like when you are putting out videos on a regular basis, you need to be testing everything all of the time. Okay. Really important. Um, same exact thing goes with how long people watch your videos, because ultimately what YouTube is trying to do is they're trying to get as much watch time per impression as possible. And what that means is basically if you're looking around YouTube and they show you a thumbnail and a title of a video, if it's on the screen for a second, and they, they show you that, then that is an impression. Now at that point in time, if somebody clicks on it or not, that is your ability to convert that impression. So the more that you're able to convert that impression, the more you're able to get people to click on your thumbnail, then as long as people watch your video for a fair amount of time, then those videos typically are gonna perform better, um, as long as the impressions that they're showing are, are relatively high as well. So what I mean by that is, if you, have a, if you have a high click-through rate on your thumbnail and your title, but your video content sucks, And they end up leaving your video content because you have horrible audio or because it just looks bad or because you don't just don't know how to put a video together. Then in that situation, what's going to happen is YouTube's going to say, hey, people are clicking on this. But then once they get to the actual video content, they don't stay there. So this is not a high performing piece of content. We're going to stop surfacing this piece of content because people aren't responding to it. So if you are starting a YouTube channel, the most important thing that you have to think about and you have to focus all of your efforts on is I need to focus on getting a response all the way through the chain. And what I mean by that is that very first point of contact that you have with a new viewer or a um, returning viewer is your thumbnail and your title. So you have to figure out your audience, the people that YouTube is showing your content to because they think they're most likely to watch it, you have to figure out what it is that triggers those people to click on your content. Once they click on it, once you get that part of the chain down, the next part of the chain is your audience retention. How long are people actually watching your content? Um, If you're putting out five minute videos or 10 minute videos, are they watching for 50%, 60%, 40%, 10%, right? How long are they watching for? If you're doing five to 10 minute videos, you should always strive for at the very least 50% on those videos. Sometimes you'll hit it. Sometimes you won't. Sometimes you'll go way over. Sometimes it, it just won't, it just won't be a good video. You didn't bring whatever energy it is, or maybe the expectation when you were packaging it up with the title and the thumbnail didn't necessarily meet 100% the expectation that the viewer had when they came in through that when, once they started consuming the video content. So you have to factor all of these things in, but you have to always strive to improve how much people are responding at that click-through and how much they're responding at the, at the video level in terms of watching. If either of those are broken, then your videos are not going to do well. Now, if you take that a step farther, Let's say that you and a competitor, let's say that you both have a similar click-through rate on a similar topic, right? So right there, you are, you're, you're matched. You're both on, getting shown on home pages, You're both getting clicked on relatively, you know, pretty close to the uh, same amount. And then the next thing to get gauged on is the actual retention of the video. So let's say that you also get about the same amount of retention, your video is about the same length. Now this is a perfect scenario and it's never gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's out right. there, but I'm just saying, you know, if they if they were the same exact all the way through, then you have to take it even further. And the next part of that chain is making sure that you're getting people to engage in your content in some way. And a lot of people look at engagement as, well, that's just thumbs up and comments, but it's not. It's thumbs up, it's comments, it's uh, thumbs down, it's shares on your video. Like how much are people sharing your content out? Because when people share your content out, that's an opportunity to bring new people onto YouTube, start sessions on your channel. And then as they get lost into YouTube, because they just came into YouTube, they've got to, you know, 20 minutes to spend, you technically, according to YouTube, you technically get credits um, for the additional videos that they watch, even if it's not your content I because see. you started the session on your channel. Right. So like you have to get all of this stuff together all the way through, adding them, you know, getting people to add your stuff to playlists. So you start making your content and sets so that people are like, hey, I'm gonna put this in my watch later. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna finish this playlist over time when I have time, type of thing. Right. So you just keep building in all of these. Um, different for not building in but you keep encouraging people to take all of these different um, types of engagement through calls to action in your videos telling them to do so through the value that you're actually bringing to people that by itself is going to be the most powerful thing that you can possibly do is basically make content that people get some type of some type of value out of if you can do that then all you have to do is get them to click once you get them to click As long as you're giving them some type of really strong value, then the engagement's going to happen naturally because they're getting something out of what it is that you're doing. And by by value, because a lot of people say that, but nobody really defines it that much. But by value, what I mean is when somebody watches your video at the very base level, you want them to leave with something, right? You don't want them to just watch your video and think, oh, okay, well, I don't even know why I just watched that. You want them to leave with something? Did they learn something? Were they inspired by you? Were they motivated? Did you make them think in a different way or or see something, you know, with a different point of view? Did you challenge them to where they're like, you know what, I hate this person, but I'm going to subscribe so I can come in and argue with them in their comments every single time they upload a video, right? Like you you have to make them leave with something from your videos and the better you get at doing that, the better you're going to end up doing on YouTube as long as you can, um, as long as you can get them to click and as long as you can get them to watch the video.
1: Very interesting perspective. I like that, Nick. That was great input actually on that. No matter what it is, you want to create some type of engagement and obviously offering value is a big one. With you said something about types of content. Let's dive into that a little bit. So a lot of the customers on USCreen that make it big are doing niche content. Obviously, USCreen's membership platform, right? You're selling the content directly to your audience and YouTube, it's different than YouTube in some ways. So in that case, How is it on YouTube about niche audience? Going niche on you screen is definitely the biggest ROI that we've seen. Is it the same on YouTube? It's the same.
0: And and the reason it's the same on YouTube is even though each video is like its own little, you know, its own little universe, you also have to think of the amount of people coming back to your channel, uh, your click-through rate and all of that when it comes to the content that you're putting out. And that's where niching down gets really powerful. So as an example, let's say that you have a channel about, um, Uh, let's say, live streaming equipment, (laughs) right? Because I'm just looking around at what I have here. So let's say that you have a channel about, um, no, let's just do fitness. Let's say you have a channel about fitness, okay? Um, Let's say you have a channel about fitness, and you are putting out content on a regular basis that's about fitness. When people come to your YouTube channel, they're able to identify current value from the video that they're watching, and then if they explore it in any way, shape, or form, they get to see past value that you offered, and they get to expect future value from you as well because historically you've put out content that they're interested in. So because of that, when they come to your channel and they're seeing the actual value that you're bringing to them, you are giving yourself the ability to convert that person into a subscriber. Now, once you convert them into a subscriber, let's say that the next video that you put out is also about fitness. Well, if you put out a video about fitness and they expect fitness content from you and they're into fitness content in terms of their interests, then what happens is when YouTube starts showing your content around and it starts showing your content to those people that are already engaged in your content in some way, they either subscribe, they watched a lot of your video or whatever it happens to be, even if they didn't subscribe, they start showing them that content. Well, because they're interested in fitness or specific aspects aspects of fitness, there's a really good chance or your likelihood is drastically increased that they're going to click on it. Now, if you... Have that same person come in and subscribe. They subscribe to your channel because you're putting out fitness content. But then you upload a game, uh, like a gaming video. You upload something on Call of Duty. Well, guess what? The people subscribe to your channel. They watch your videos for you know a long, or they watch your videos for a longer period of time, or both um, because they're into the fitness content, but then YouTube is going to serve them that gaming content because they just recently, um, were involved in your content. So YouTube hasn't identified, well, are they into that because of the topic, are they into it because the creator's awesome? Like, what is it about this? So we're going to serve them this call of duty video and let's see how they respond to this. So they serve them that call of duty video. And guess what? Your at your core audience that's subscribed around the fitness content. They're not into that. So of course there'll be some crossover, but for the most part, those people are not going to click on that thumbnail. And since they're not clicking on that thumbnail, you're going to hurt your click-through rate. I and see. then that video is going to end up not surfacing because or, – or quickly not surfacing anymore because you are out of alignment with the interests that YouTube has identified of the people that are watching your channel. So when it comes to niching down um, your YouTube content, it's really important because the big idea, um, just to kind of simplify it a little bit, is that YouTube is – Um, They basically build profiles around specific types of users, right? And those profiles that they build basically say that this particular type of person um, with this type of viewing activity typically watches this type of content, even if, let's say, for example, you have a job. And every day at two o'clock, you go to the bathroom, you're in the bathroom for, you know, 15 minutes. And while you're in the bathroom, you are on your phone watching YouTube videos. Well, guess what? YouTube knows that every day at 2.30, you're in the bathroom on your, on your phone. Mm-hmm. So if you typically consume videos that are five minutes long while you're in the bathroom on your phone, YouTube is gonna end up showing you shorter form content while you're sitting there um, looking for short form content to watch so you can get back to work. Versus if you're at home and you're watching videos on your TV in the evening, and I you typically it. watch longer form content, YouTube identifies that and they're like, well, hey, this person typically watches this longer form content at night, so let's start serving them longer form content. And then you start breaking that down even more in terms of the specific types of content that you watch on your TV um, that you typically respond to at night. So in my case, it would be like documentaries and things like that. That's the kind of stuff that I see in my YouTube feed when I when I you know, turn on my TV and I watch it on my TV. When I'm when I'm on my phone, I'll see like little marketing videos and like other people in my space and like that kind of stuff because that's the kind of stuff that I watch like when I'm eating or you know or I'm just taking a break and I'm sitting on the sofa on my phone. So basically, YouTube is trying to identify who's likely most likely to watch what at what point in time, and and that's based on the interests that base, that's based on you know what type of content they consume throughout the day and on what devices and all that. But in your in anybody's case, when you start niching down your content you are at the very least being in alignment with their interests. Now, everything else is outside of your control, right? In terms of, you know, what devices they're watching on and things like that. But you can decide, hey, if if I'm going to make a YouTube channel, I'm going to turn this YouTube channel into a resource for entertainment. I'm going to turn it into a resource for fitness. I'm going to turn it into a resource for, Uh, food. I'm going to turn it into a resource for, um, you know, beauty content or whatever it happens to be. And the more that you can turn that into a resource, you just start collecting all of these viewers that are into this specific type of content, which helps YouTube identify, hey, all of these people are into this. Let's go and find, we have 2 billion people on the platform every month. So let's go and find more people that are into this type of, uh, that are into this type of content and see how they respond to it. So you create a huge advantage for yourself um, when you niche down on YouTube. That was a little long winded. But, uh, yeah, but that you was get awesome. the idea, I
1: hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, that's actually really important information. I knew yeah. that YouTube had a really smart AI, obviously, but I didn't know that uh, it was almost pretty much around profiles. You actually put it in very layman terms. They create profiles for different types of users. So that's pretty awesome. Great feedback on that. Um, let's talk and a little bit about And as the
0: user the- changes, all of that changes with them.
1: Which ah, that's is incredible. Good point. Right, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like so you're if all of a sudden, times. you start
0: consuming a lot of Call of Duty content guess what? Even if you, you're like, hey, I just bought a PlayStation. Uh, I'm going to start watching a bunch of PlayStation videos and so I know what games to get. Guess what? All of that's going to shift to like, hey, this person now is interested in, in this type of topic. So let's start showing them more of this.
1: Yeah. Like you were saying, pretty much devices and time of day, totally the profile changes, which is awesome. That's actually my case too. On I'm, I'm getting different types of content, different times of the day on different devices. That's a really good point. Well said on that. I knew it was happening, but I didn't know how. Um, Nick, let's talk a little bit about um, revenue and AdSense, affiliate program sponsorships. So if you don't mind sharing however deep you want to get, tell tell us a little bit about your revenue pie chart. What are some of your top revenue streams being a major influencer on YouTube?
0: Um, My top revenue stream is uh, affiliate marketing. Um, that's my that's my top revenue stream. Um, I have like a nice handful of things that I promote on a regular basis, and uh, they all do very well. Um, so that's my, that's my main thing. Um, in addition to that, I send people to my, uh, website where it's a monthly membership over there as well. I have like a front end store and then I have a monthly membership on that. Um, and that monthly membership, as you know, uh, you know, it snowballs over time, which is something awesome about, you know, people that are using Uscreen screen <laughs> is that monthly membership. It just yeah. keeps compounding over time, which is awesome. Um, as long as you keep delivering, you know, what it is that people want. Um, but yeah, so that, that's another, uh, big part of it. Um, sponsorships are, are, I do okay with, but that's not like a, a primary thing. Like, like affiliate and sending stuff to my website, like those two things dominate everything else. But I mean, you know, like I do the sponsorship thing. I do affiliates. Um, I do, uh, I mean, content for you guys. I do, uh, um, uh, I get ad revenue from YouTube. Um, I have my channel memberships, um, as well, which are also a part of that. I sell merch, um, you know, uh, this. Nemanati stuff. I sell. Uh, I sell that on my channel, uh, like that sort of thing. So I do okay. the, the the things that YouTubers typically do. Uh, okay. But my main bread and butter is uh, is mainly affiliate marketing and sending people to my website.
1: Okay, so sending people to your website for the membership platform, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And merchandise and okay. Now, uh, so what about AdSense ad revenue itself? A lot of it, people coming onto the YouTube platform, uh, for many reasons might think that, okay, I'm going to make a lot of money with ads because they've seen these big banner ads or heard of these millionaire hundred K six figure incomes on AdSense and all that stuff. how is ad revenue on YouTube for yourself being a half a million subscriber, YouTuber, very successful. Would you say it's easy money or it's difficult?
0: It's easy money. Um, but, but, my particular channel is a channel that isn't a fantastic example for this because there's a huge churn rate on my type of content or my type of viewer like as an example like everybody that everybody that's probably listening to this or um uh, they either they have a YouTube channel or they're considering having a YouTube channel or they know somebody that's having a youtube channel and out of all of those people um there's gonna be some people that will actually you know, after they're watching some of that content on how to actually do YouTube, there's only a small percentage of them that will actually pull the trigger and do it. Um, and then once they realize that there's a lot of work involved, a lot of those people, most of those people are going to end up falling off as well. So my channel is not a fantastic example, but like on my channel, um, I'll get usually about like 600 to a million plus views a month. And, uh, Um, my ad revenue is typically between like $2,500 and $4,000 on my, uh, from my ad revenue. So with, with that many views, it's that now, um, with that, But that's not a
1: lot of money for that number of views. That's,
0: you know, you're on the, well, it's also dependent on the niche that you're in too. So like, for example, like make money content, um, that stuff typically does, uh, does higher ad revenue. Um, if you're doing marketing stuff, like, you know, like email lists and that whole thing in terms of like, Hey, these are the three different email services that you should use. Those types of, um, content typically do higher CPMs, um, um health related stuff typically does higher any type of entrepreneurship content. Um, but there, I mean, it, there's a very large spectrum in terms of, you know, the different ad rates that people get. But um, uh yeah, my channel is not a fantastic example, but the ad revenue, um, like I was saying, though, it can add up depending on the channel that you have and the your ability to get views on the content. Um, I have an uh, entertainment channel that I work with. And that particular entertainment channel, they made like $50,000 last month um, in ad revenue. Um, I've got like two other channels. Uh, One I don't work with anymore, but the other one that I still do, um, both of them, they made, um, I think one of them made like 13 grand last month. Another one made it was like 15 or 16 grand last month. Um, so, I mean, you know, like the, the, the money's there, but you have to get tons of views um, in order to um, have access to that money. And with that said, you know, those aren't humongous view counts either. I mean, they're, they're, they're big view counts, especially if you're just coming onto the platform. But in terms of, you know, what's possible on YouTube, um, the view counts that they're getting are not monumental in any way, shape or form.
1: Yeah. And some of the customers that you're listing that you consult with and work with, they are kind of the cream of the crop though, right? You're picking out channels that have been successful. So generally speaking, I would say like to make it on YouTube is not easy to get a lot, a good amount of views to make revenues is not easy. It takes a while for someone to get 1 million views a month, no matter the content, right? For me to launch a new channel and say, I want to reach half a million views to a million views with the amount of content and the amount of creators coming on YouTube, that's actually a very difficult thing to do. And the spectrum of making AdSense revenue can be anywhere from 2,000 to 8,000 a month, let's say, as a widespread, for to get 1 million views, that's actually kind of low, right? Well, it depends.
0: It depends on what you're willing to do. So if you are are 1,000% open to change, open to modifying what it is that you're doing, and just 1,000% dedicated to saying, you know what, I would love for my thumbnails to look like this, but it's not what people are responding to, so let me test a bunch of different thumbnails and try to figure out what it is that people are responding to. Let me figure out with my titles. Let me spend all of this time charting all this stuff out in, um, in spreadsheets so I can start to find out that, hey, if I make a statement in my title versus a question people tend to click on it more and you start noticing all of these little details that end up getting people to, to click more and you just keep fine tuning and keep fine tuning. You can make some really, really big gains over a really short amount of time. You just have to be willing to one, spend the time to do it because it takes a lot of time to dig through that. Um, but two, like you just got to be willing to, to be objective and put, you know, all of the thoughts of, you know, Hey, well I think it should be this way like to take all of that out. I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to, you want to experiment. You want to try your ideas and all that. Don't, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> but right. but you, you want to say, okay, well, this is what I want to do, but let me experiment so that I can see if what I want to do matches what it is that the audience wants. And if you can, if you can find that marriage, then things can go relatively fast. Now, one thing I do want to mention is um, just in transparency is that channel that, um, that made $50,000 last month um, in their case, they're putting up like daily content and they've been grinding it out. They started in February. They've got over a million subscribers now. Um, but they like, they have been grinding it out like crazy. Um, so I didn't start with them. Like at the beginning, they're a fairly new client of mine, but I'm just saying that they did do this within a year's time. So, you know, like what you can do, it's there, but you have to dedicate, like all of your, not not even all of your efforts, you just have to be willing to put in the time to, to, to figure out what, what's work what works best for your people.
1: Okay. And that's a really good one. You said they're putting out content every day. Yeah. You know, as well as anybody better than anybody creating content every day on YouTube is not easy, especially if it's good value, good content. That's a, that's a, Big business right there to push out. Yes. A video a day, like even a yeah. video a week. They well have a team. done. Yeah. They have they a have team. A full team. That's absolutely. Yeah, they, they have
0: other channels too. And uh, they came into it with a team and they're like, hey, this this team's dedicated to this. This is what they're doing. And that's literally, that's what I mean by dedicating the time. Like they come to work just like you know, just like you go to work, they come to work and their job. They have people that are, you know, making content. Um, they have people that are working on thumbnails. They have people that are in the stats. They have people that are, you know, doing whatever. Yeah, I they're mean, it's, experts. It's, it's like a full. It's a full production.
1: Yeah, they're absolutely experts. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what are some alternative ways YouTubers can make money outside of AdSense and affiliate programs? Um,
0: UScreen is a fantastic way. Or starting any type of of course um, in any capacity. Um, be it, you know, be it you screen or, or anything else. Like, um, if you do have any type of expertise, or you do have any type of information that you can share, um, you know, that is like people just crush with with courses. Um, a lot of people like if you if you talk to them, a lot of people will say that a lot of people that do courses They're like, yeah, it's the easiest money I've ever made in my life, I, I put yeah, this yeah. content together, and then I put it up. And then my job is just to start driving sales to it and then update it from time to time. So you know, like, it's, 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 I wouldn't say that it's passive because it's not, but I mean, it's it's as close to passive as you can get in terms of you make it once and then you just spend your time driving traffic to it. And then of course you update it when you need to, um, based on, you know, what, how you sell it on the front end. But yeah, courses are, are huge. Um, in that regard, um, crowdfunding is also surprisingly really big. Um, you know, if you, if you can get a, a nice amount of people, that are excited about your content to where they're getting a lot of value from you, then you can also use services like Patreon as an example or even like Buy Me A Coffee um, to where you know people can right. pay five to 10 bucks at a time. But with Patreon, that's one of those situations to where, to where people um, pay on a monthly basis. And if you are just coming into YouTube, even if you've been on YouTube for a while and you're not, and you're not monetizing in the way you're not making the money that you wanna make, finding a way that you can get recurring income that ends up compounding over time is the golden ticket. And I can't stress that enough because a lot of people will come in, they'll come in on the affiliate side um, or on the course side and they'll be like, okay, well, I'm gonna make a one-off course, that one-off course, I'm gonna charge like a hundred bucks and then that's gonna be it. And I'm going to promote these particular things to where I just get into one affiliate commission because they purchased and then it's done like that particular method works, but you just stay in the grind. You stay in, you stay in the rat race, so to speak. And that's part of the reason people do this stuff is to get away from that. Always having to, you know, do that stuff all yeah, the time. Absolutely. And, and when you can, when you can start finding things that you can start promoting from your channel, not every niche offers this type of stuff, but a lot do to where you can start um, to where you can start offering things that recur, even if it ends up being your own membership site, um, like you screen or, or anything else. Like if you can find something to where people can pay into it monthly, then that starts compounding over time. And that's really the golden ticket to really get yourself into a position to where you can go full time. You can start hiring people to work with you. Right. Um, you can, you know, you can really scale things out because you can have that <sighs> dependable money. If YouTube, um, ends up taking a hit, for example, then in that situation, all of a sudden you're not, it's not game over. Like it'll slowly die, right? As, as people turn out. But, um, but if, you know, something happens to your YouTube channel, um, it's, it's not game over. You have a lot of burn time before you have to start, you know, worrying about anything. And if you ha- do have like a membership site in that situation, if you have people there, then it's like, okay, well, I was doing an update, up, an update every like month or every two weeks. Guess what? Something happened to my channel or something happened on YouTube at, at, you know, uh, as a platform. I'm going all in on this and I'm going to update like every few days or once a week or whatever content I was putting on YouTube, I'm putting it in here. Um, so that you can really make sure that you're nurturing those members to, to slow down, uh, the churn rate on people heading out of there.
1: Yeah. Good point. Because it's absolutely passive. (laughs) It's a security blanket. Yeah. Because YouTube's always changing, obviously. Right. Your followers are following, they see your content, but you don't know their emails, right? You can't really remarket to them directly. So being able to um, have an alternative passive income as a membership site where it's recurring absolutely comes hands in, hand in hand. Yeah, I shared some of the YouTube numbers of the Uscreen customers. They don't have big followers, but they make really good income because they're selling directly to their audience, whether it's a series of courses or a single course, or it's a membership platform subscription. It's absolutely passive long-term income. That's a really good point there. Um, and that's something
0: so, too that I would just like to, to, to mention, if you don't mind, uh, PJ, is yeah. that. You know, with all of this stuff, you know, like um, when I came back to my YouTube channel, um, I had like ten thousand subscribers at the time because I was driving traffic to my website. Um, then I was able to go full time really fast. Um, I, I don't even think I had like fifteen thousand before I was full time. Nice. And like when when you are making niche content and your content is the perfect fit for a particular type of person, um, you don't have to have a lot of a, a lot of subscribers or a That's ton a good of point. views in order to be able to convert those people over. In fact. When you have a smaller YouTube channel, it's a thousand. I mean, I'm not gonna say a thousand times because you know, I don't that I'm just making that number up. <laughs> but when you have a smaller YouTube channel, it's a lot easier to keep more intimate relationships with people online than it is when you have a bigger YouTube channel. So the really cool thing that happens is when you first start all the way up until you get, let's say, you know, like a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty, maybe even two hundred thousand subscribers. Um, even even around 100, it starts getting difficult. But depending on the amount of comments you you have coming in, you really recognize people, and you start yeah, getting this you know right. rapport going with the people that are in your comments section. It's a, it's a really um, not to sound corny, but it's like a beautiful thing that you have this like period of time in your growth phase that you're able to have these deeper conversations with the people that are in your audience. And because things haven't scaled out yet, you are able to you know, have Facebook chats with people and interact a lot with them in Facebook groups. And you're able to, you know, there'll be some of them that you'll become friends with or that you'll hop on Skype calls with from time to time or whatever it happens to be because you just get to know each other. So the intimacy that you can have or the um, more connected conversations that you can have as your channel is growing, is really valuable in terms of the people trusting you enough to go into um, whatever whatever membership site or whatever it happens to be that you do end up putting together. Um, you can convert really well out of there because you have all of that trust built up because you're constantly dealing with like a, not, not the same people because you always have new people coming in, but you have that like core solid right. group of people that are that are always into what it is that you're doing and that you're always communicating with, which is really awesome.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. Absolutely. That's what we see on our side as well. Their followings are not huge, but they make a lot of money with their membership sites. That's a really good point. It's a loyal community. It's a community, yeah. right? That's what ultimately the followers are. They're a community. So that's really good feedback. Yeah, Nick, it's it's been awesome. Amazing so far. You've created really good content for us. I love hearing your feedback on the show. Thank you for that. I think everybody will be very appreciative of that. We're so lucky to have you as a honorary member of our team creating content. Content for us. What is, before we wrap up here, what's one final item that could be a takeaway for anyone listening to this talk that you'd like to share with us? Go
0: for it. Start now. Like, you know, like if if you're not making content already, or if you're not trying to monetize in additional ways, or you are not going after whatever it is that you have this vision in your head of how you would like things to be, like every single day that passes by, all of a sudden it's gonna be 10 years later and you're gonna be like, why didn't I just do that 10 years ago? One regret that I have, I mean, I don't really have regrets because things have worked out and all of that stuff, but like one regret that I have is not starting 10 years ago, right? Think of yeah, how things right. would be if I started 10 years ago. So if you're considering this and you're and you're and you're wanting to um, or can, are or, or you in your brain? You're like, man, I could totally do that. I could totally, you know, grow a YouTube channel. I, I, I'm, I could dedicate myself to it. Um, I've got, you know, a handful of extra hours a week that I could put on it. Um, I could definitely build something that I could drive traffic into. I could learn how all this stuff works, like to take the jump, do it because there's so much opportunity on YouTube. There's so much opportunity online right now. Like all, think of it this way. Like, Uber, right? It's online. It's in your pocket. It changed. It, it's changed the taxi industry. Airbnb has changed the hotel industry. Right. Um, all of these food delivery services have changed the food industry. And all of that stuff is online. It's in your pocket. This video content is the same exact way. YouTube, it's in your pocket. You screen is in your pocket if you have, uh, if you have a course there. Like all of this stuff, it's either on your computer or it's in your pocket. And there's so much opportunity here because even though it seems that all of this is Um, You know, like, oh, well, it's saturated. There's so many people doing it. All that means is that there's people out there that you can learn from that are further along than you are, which makes it an easier path for you. It doesn't mean that it's going to be more difficult for you. It means that the road has already been paved and all you have to do is hop on the road and walk on it. It, It's so much easier now um, than it was because of people, you know, already kind of, you know, cutting their way through the forest, so to speak. So if you're considering it, I really encourage you to give yourself a year Give yourself two years to where you're like, you know what, for two years, I'm going to dedicate myself to making a video a week and trying to figure this stuff out and spending the time to try to, you know, make it all better and get people to respond. I'm going to dedicate a little bit of time for two years straight and, and see how it works out. If you're considering doing it, at least do that for yourself, commit to that time and make it happen.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Because obviously competition means the demand is there. Obviously the demand is growing as you're saying, right? YouTube's making more followers than ever before. So the demand is growing and the competition proves that the the demand is there. That's awesome. Very good feedback, Nick. It's been awesome. Nick, where can we find you online? Where Where can our listeners find you online?
0: Um, If you go to NickNimmon.com, you can find me there. Um, All roads lead to Rome, so to speak, because you can find me on YouTube as well. Um, I'd also like to say that I just launched a podcast recently myself. It's called Comments Over Coffee. And you can find that on uh, your favorite podcast platform of choice. It's basically where I share um, uh, I answer comments and questions that people have about YouTube in the episodes. So a lot of really good information shared there. And I also want to say really quick, PJ, um, again, man, thank you for, um, one having me on here and two, um, it's awesome, you know, making content for you guys have a good time doing it. And uh, just thank you for that opportunity as well. It's awesome. I have absolutely, a, you guys are awesome over there
1: and I love what it is that you're doing. So, um, so it's cool to be a part of that. I appreciate that. And honestly, coming from an influencer and thought leader like yourself, you know, saying that we're awesome. I really appreciate that. We're humble about it and we're doing our best and we keep moving forward. So having you create content for us and really sharing and giving away your, um, you know, all the stuff that you know about YouTube and the whole, uh, universe is awesome of YouTube. So thank you for that. Thank you for being a guest, Nick. It's been awesome. We appreciate working with you and a lot more good stuff to come. Thanks for being on our show thank you. Thanks for listening. At Uscreen, we take care of the whole lot. Video hosting,
0: streaming, monetization, analytics, and anything else you need to succeed. That includes getting your own app for devices such as iOS, Apple TV, Roku, and much more. Uscreen gives you all the ingredients you need to create and scale an amazing streaming service.